Hey, dude, this dog leg stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hello Susie. good morning what's up Hello, groomers. Welcome to episode 319 of the Groom Pod, recorded on December 5th, 2021, in Snohomish, Washington, Tucson, Arizona, and Nashua, New Hampshire. This podcast is brought to you by listener support through Patreon and through the donation button on our website, thegroompod.com, and through our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Evolution Shears, Show Season, Groom More, and Stazco. This week on the Groom Pod, we have special guest Chrissy Newmeyer Smith, the behaviorist groomer, who's going to tell us about her new program coming up. Barbara, what's new with you this week? Two prominent things happened. One, I spent a lot of time working with the new Groom More software. Oh, good. Unlike you. I had a lot I had to do on each dog as it had an appointment. They migrated things, but they didn't migrate what breed the dog is. And I had to kind of like fill it out. So it took a lot of time and there was a learning curve. And it was actually sort of satisfying and yet aggravating alternately, you know, just like back and forth. Oh, this is cool. Oh, that sucked. Well, we know that technical stuff isn't exactly your forte. <laughs> no, technical stuff isn't exactly my forte. But I, I do want to say this, is that I immediately got help. Their chat thing. Um, you know, I've never chatted on my other store, Vantage, because I just do it. And sometimes I have a problem, but it's I know what it is. You know, I was having problems and I just went right into the chat, and he just answered me one thing after another, just like that. And then Jay messaged me and said, do you need a telephone call? You seem to be asking a lot of questions. <laughs> you know, but I blew that off because I, I actually I had to go take care of some stuff. And it's like so slow for me getting it going. But at each level of accomplishment, I like that software better and better. What I'm really gonna, uh, what I do like is having everything on the app. Yes. You know what? I didn't work through the app at first. I was just working through the website on the computer. And I started working through the app because there's some things that are only available on the app. And it's kind of amazing. Uh, and I think that in the long run, I'm gonna love it better than the other one but right now i'm missing some things that i had in the store vintage and i'm stumbling along well here's the key i think that if you're using an already set up grooming software the breeds go across because i checked mine and my breeds went across all of my haircut information went across all kinds of weird stuff i had in there actually migrated okay so if you're using Oh, Mogo or Pawfinity or Groomsoft or one of those, I think it'll migrate maybe a little easier than yours was because StoreVantage is a bigger, more utilitarian kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm having a really good time. I think that them doing the reminders for me is saving me at least 20 minutes a night because... I can't text someone without actually getting into a conversation with each and every one of them. So taking that away Ugh. from me has helped me quite a bit. You know, but I only have 100 people. I know every one of them really quite personally well. It's tough. I don't want to seem impersonal. Everybody, though, is so impressed with the professionalism of the confirmation system and the response system. And for me, I like 
I, I'm trying to figure out how I can play around with the routing without actually messing up my routing, but it appears to be really cool the way they can route your stuff. The smart appointment scheduling where it picks the spot. I'm kind of liking that. You tell it how many weeks out and then it gives you like three options that you can choose from that are in the range. So for my people who aren't pre-booked, I'm really liking that as well. Hi groomers, just a couple notes. First of all, I keep forgetting to thank Jeannie Tucker for her donation. So I want to do that right now. I'm sorry. It, I should have done it like two weeks ago and I didn't. So that's entirely my fault. And now I'm talking to you as the producer of the show. Sometimes weird things happen. And even though you have redundancies everywhere, you miss part of a recording. And that's what happened this week on the show. And it wasn't so much that I missed it. It's that Barbara and Chrissy started to talk, and there was some really good stuff on there. I thought I was recording on one platform, and then double recording on another, and it turned out that when I downloaded the first program, I had missed part of the conversation. So, you'll be coming into the middle of a conversation, but it's all worth it, and I'm sure you can figure it out. So, my apologies. Enjoy your holidays, and enjoy this show. Order calling mix. That puppy didn't want to have anything to do with me. You know, they first of all, they carried it in. I wish people would walk their dogs in because to carry them in is another whole psychology there. I think you will probably bear me out on that. They carried her in. I didn't want to take her from their arms to my arms because she was barking at me already. And I just felt that was unsafe. And uh, that was apparently too rude. So I said, let's go sit down and uh, she can sniff me. Well, I sat down and the owner sat down and the dog didn't want anything to do with me. She just went away from me on the leash and just like not wanting to. And I said, I called to my assistant, Yvonne, who's the Mexican grandma groomer. Okay, Mexican grandma. And I said, hey, Yvonne, I need treats. And so Yvonne comes up and she's got treats in her hands. By that time, the owner is holding the dog again. The owner is holding the dog and our... And Yvonne just goes right for the puppy's face and just starts talking to it. Well, aren't you the cutest thing? And da, 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 and I and my name's Yvonne and I welcome to your bathing experience. And she just goes on like that, right? She's just adoring this puppy right in its face. I would never have done that. I would have got my nose bit. I know it. So isn't that interesting the way that went down? That for some reason the puppy didn't want my advances, but accepted this other person's. You know, it, it, it could be a lot of things. So I'm kind of thinking that um, the puppy was already kind of getting used to you a little bit anyway. Like by the time Yvonne stepped out, there were a couple of minutes worth of being in your environment uh, and being with you. Um, yeah. When owners hold puppies, it sometimes it does soothe them. Sometimes it does help calm them down. Sometimes it makes it worse. I mean, you know, I think we all can yeah. see that behavior is so individual anyway. Um, and it could be that maybe Yvonne's really, really good at the squeaky happy voice. No! no? She has a horrible voice. I can't tell you. Susie knows. I, I wouldn't think, I mean, they love her anyway, but she's got a, a scratchy She's hoarse. She's a big smoker forever and ever and smokes, you know, marijuana okay. every night when she, as soon as she gets home. She's got kind of a barfly voice. Maybe that voice is familiar to that puppy. Maybe. You know, maybe that sounds like uh, home. But she <laughs> has great body language and and she just exudes Mexican grandma. These puppies go for it. She's just a puppy whisperer. Well, and sometimes, um, sometimes that's somebody who looks or sounds familiar to that dog, you know? Um, yeah. I remember I worked with a dog years and years ago that, um, he thought we all were super weird because his owners were Japanese and spoke Japanese at home. So he's looking <laughs> like, who are you? And uh, sit, that sounds so weird, you know, like, and it took him a while to warm up to us. 
But the one employee of Japanese descent, he was like, thank God there's someone normal here. Thank you for, you know, he was, he was a love. He just went, we were weird. And I think we sometimes forget that we can seem really weird. I know. I kind of shrugged it off to be that because mainly because when I first was introduced to her, I was on the other side of the counter and she was in the nervous child's arms. Yeah, see, the the two kids came in, and the two kids were uh, a little anxious about leaving the puppy. I mean, it was just like all over them. I can't and if a dog is going to pick up on little kids, it would yeah. definitely be a border collie that would pick up on that. You know, the herding breeds <laughs> yeah. are so in tune with yeah. us. They're like, this doesn't seem normal. Even the kids think so. <laughs> well, well, and uh, Yvonne, maybe she made the kids feel good, too. Maybe I, there's more going on than just her and the dog. Yeah. I find it with my senior most clients, the ones who were in their 70s when they got their puppy, and now the dog is maybe five years old and they're in the senior housing, so they only see old people with walkers that don't move fast, and I come in, and I may be 59 years old, but I have teenager border collie energy. I'm bouncing off the walls most of the times, and sometimes... It's more than the dogs can figure out, and and I know that, so I take a step back, I tone it down, do some yoga breaths, and change my energy, but that's a, exactly what you're saying. The dog thinks I'm absolutely a nutcase, because number one, I pick them up, right? Their humans don't pick the dog up, because they can't oh, anymore, yeah. you know, and here yeah. I come scooping up the dog, and the dog is like, whoa, what the heck are you doing to me? And it's such a surprise, it really is, so... I have a question, too, about my puppy, and I am recording, so we're just going to cut this stuff in because this is beautiful. This is good pod. We need good pod like this. Exciting pod. <laughs> anyway, so I have a house that raises feisty dogs. You know, now third dog, they're doing something in the home. I can't figure it out. I don't see the dog often enough. It's an eight-week shih tzu. They want all the hair off of it, so there's no real reason for me to press to come back. I do a seven all over, and then I come back eight weeks later, and it only has this much hair anyway, I cut it back off again. But I don't get time to work a lot with the dogs. The first dog, really flat nose, open eyes, and a frightened dog, and body language and everything from the moment she came came at 12 weeks old. She was a growler. Then, I mean, they couldn't have picked a worse dog for their situation because they, the last two dogs, we went through this and they always get two. So they get her. And then of course, at six months old, they're like, well, we're going to not fix her. We're going to leave her intact so we can breed her. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, time out. We got to talk by conning them into, you can't do this until the third heat. Don't breed the dog until at least the third heat. So you've got to wait. Then when they waited, they decided maybe it wouldn't be such a good idea to breed this dog. I was very grateful for that. They also wanted to bring a second puppy home right away. I talked them out of that too, because what I'm afraid of, and I don't know if it's this way in dogs, because I've never had my own puppies and, and never multiples for sure. If you've got a nervous dog already who is reacting to people in a bad way, for instance, if I have a nervous rat and I bring a baby rat home, it's going to pick up what the rat tells it to and not what the people tell it to. Well, they went out and bought a puppy. The puppy's already growly. Already growly. It's been in the house two weeks. I had my first visit with it. It's a sable, really beautiful dark color right now. The minute I give it a haircut, it's going to be a blonde. <laughs> They're going to be so disappointed. And I tried to explain that. I said, we'll leave the tail. We'll leave the ears. He has a black part. The fur. Yep. Show them that's the I color. Said, They're at the roots. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so it was kind of a bummer, you know, even though I had told them that before. But I can't get them to do any more often in the grooming. I can't get them to have the dog groom more often. I, they don't socialize the dogs. The dogs go only into the backyard and only in their house and only in their motorhome. I'm fighting this battle, trying not to lose the puppy now, the second puppy. Now, I have made peace with the other one. Like, as a matter of fact, if mom and dad aren't in the room, she's glued to me now because I'm the other familiar to her. But is there anything I can do? So the thing is, is that puppies can learn from each other. But I think that for some dogs, we have to kind of take into consideration that some dogs have a shy or nervous personality. Absolutely. 
Because we've also had plenty of cases where the first dog is really nervous and the sex, second one is just this outgoing, exuberant, like, hey, sure, do whatever you want, you know? Um, so it's not purely learned from the other dog, but it sounds to me like, um, well, first of all, as a breed, they, they generally aren't bred to um, care much about what we think. Like they weren't bred for a cooperative job. And I think sometimes we forget that when we're looking at different breeds. You know, like, like my border collies. I mean, I have border collies. Border collies are bred to care about what we think, right? To an extreme that can be annoying. <laughs> you don't like it, right? But some of these dogs are like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm here to be your companion and all, and I want to follow you and I want to enjoy you, but I don't really care what you think. So we have to kind of work with that and teach them like, hey, by the way, these are things that are good and positive and friendly and fun. But... It sounds to me like the owners aren't really doing anything more than just putting down food and sending them out in the yard. In some ways, that's good because they're not actively teaching bad habits about grooming. Good point, which is why I've probably gotten through on the first stop. Yeah, yeah. So in some ways, that's good. And then in other ways, it means that it's going to take a lot more um, repetitions for a dog to be able to go, oh, this seems to be what we do here. You know, and, and when Susie comes over, this is well how my life is going to work for the next two hours. <laughs> you know? I know you're not a huge fan of food. I, I, I know that food is a tool. You can tell I love Food is a tool? Right. I, <laughs> I can. Yeah. You can tell that I know that food is a tool and it's not always the best tool, right? But when I get a puppy that will take treats, I try to make them think the trailer is a treat dispenser. At least that's fine. Is that okay? Because absolutely, this absolutely. Treats. I hit him all over the floor. I hit him in the bathtub. She ate them all up. She was distracted in there. So maybe it's just a new environment. Two weeks in, maybe she's not going to be growly like the other dog was. I mean, the other dog was yeah. so reactive. I was bummed. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? And food is a tool, and it's not that um, I'm against using food, but usually by the time we get them in the grooming shop and we see, or the grooming setting, and we see that they're having an issue, they're already past being able to take food. So I find modern dog training often defaults to give them treats, and I try to be minimal on how many treats we're giving because I think the reality is, for most of us as groomers, is that we're already at a point where a dog is like, I'm not willing to take treats. I'm in a weird building or I've been passed to a stranger. So some of what we do is already beyond the treat zone. But if they want to take treats, then using treats as rewards, using treats as incentives, you know, as, as a little bit of lure. Um, the time when I really worry about treats is if we're using it to totally distract a dog and being sneaky. We can distract as long as we're not being sneaky. Dogs don't like being tricked. So if we're like, hey, while you lick peanut butter, ha ha ha, see, I got it, I got it, it's, everything's okay. They're like, I'm not trusting her around peanut butter ever again. So there's the fallback. But <laughs> um, <laughs> if you think of oh, treats as a tool, then you're like, oh, okay, which type of wrench do I need? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I like to use treats and if I like to use treats, but. But it's okay. I ha I have to let it go and let her do what she does because she seems to get a good result. She leaves little treats in the crate when she takes oh. a new dog to put it in the crate. She is already, it's sort of like the plush hotel where you go and there's chocolates <laughs> on the pillow. Well, <laughs> an interesting way to use treats, you know. So and then I will the say that if you use treats like that, that's cool for most dogs. But I want you to, it, it in your head to be really careful because some dogs are food aggressive. Ah, resource guarding. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if there yeah. are treats in like surprise places, some dogs are going to be like, don't come near my surprise place. There were treats here and now I, I don't know. want your hands near me. I know, but. But it's, it's so cute. Really <laughs> hard to, it's really hard to explain nuance to this assistant. <laughs> I have a Morky. The lady's complete whack job. I, I like her. She's unique, but I think she's hooked on pills or something. And I think she has uh, some chronic illness and some mental illness combined. And she's in her, she's 70 something. I'm on dog number three with her. And she got a little male Morky that she paid an obscene amount of money for. And he has 
a huge personality. He pushes her around. He has run of the house. He, she, and she knows, she's like, he won't do anything I say. Well, the guy's wicked smart and he would totally do everything you trained him to do if she just gave him a little bit of chance. So I come to do him the other day and she may move and I may get to place that dog in a perfect home, which would be really cool for me because I'm so attached to him. He's the dog I do a little Asian fusion bell bottoms and kind of the, oh, he's adorable. He's a kick. Anyway, she comes, I come to the door and she goes, come here, you got to look at this. You got to look at this. She said, I just got up from a nap. Come here, come here, come here. And I went to sit on the couch. She goes, no, don't sit down. She said, look in the corners of the cushions. He had stashed all of his toys all around the house, cramming them into all the chairs and underneath the chair. He took them all out of his toy box and hid them all throughout the house while she was asleep. <laughs> So he's he's a resource stealer like a rat. He's putting them away for later. He's afraid somebody's going to come in and get him. I really like that little guy. He's pretty cool. Speaking of a rat, I still have Ray Rat at my shop. How's he doing? Well, he's doing good. I even, you know, I fix him a meal. I know, you pack him a lunch. I almost sent you a tiny lunch box. I pack my lunch, I fix him a meal. I like to have something crunchy, something salty, something sweet. So I have I found this great big sack of animal crackers in the Mexican aisle at the supermarket for like four bucks or something. He gets his animal crackers, he gets Cheese bits, crackers. He gets peanut butter crackers. He like fat. And uh, maybe a little old cat food. You know, I always I try to have a palate there for him. Uh, and <laughs> so, Chrissy, this is a rat that found its way into my shop through the plumbing in the bathroom. Oh, wow. But he's bicolored. He's, yeah. he's not just a regular rat. He's a black and white rat so he's somebody's lost pet so he might be somebody's lost pet and i just can't kill him you know now there was a wife and two kids that i think he abandoned i don't see them and we haven't seen any gray rats all we see is ray rat he eats a lot He might be having friends over. I don't know. <laughs> Late <laughs> night is, rat raves. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my psychology of feeding the rat is that, first of all, he might not attack me. But uh, secondly, no, not really. I just feel that if I keep him kind of satisfied and liking my choices, the menu, he won't find his way into the front of the store and, you know, he did try to eat his way into the chocolates that I give away to the, I let the customers have. He ate a hole in the plastic lid, actually, Yvonne. Yvonne isn't so attached to Ray Rat. Oh. She would just as soon eliminate him. But I, <laughs> I, I can't. Well, I'm glad to hear he's good. I remember my mom um, always telling us, because I, I grew up in Malden until I was like seven and big city next to Boston. And um, she was like, pigeons are dirty. Pigeons are disgusting. Unless it was an injured pigeon that lived in a hamper in our kitchen. <laughs> <'Cause it was laughs> as soon as a pigeon is injured, it's like, and now we're going to feed the pigeon and we're going to do all these lovely things for the pigeon. <laughs> uh, that's why we are who we are, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just take a quick break and then we're going to learn about a new continuing education program that's coming up by Chrissy. Hang tight, you guys. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the max. 
It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Last week, Barbara, you mentioned using the Ultramax Hair Hold Spray on the comb. Uh-huh. I tried it with my Westies. It works really well. It actually helped me get the hair between the ears to stand up on a pancake head dog. Yay! Oh, thank you so much for helping me out with that. I appreciate it so much. And boy, do I love having that. And it doesn't smell funny and it isn't sticky and nobody notices it. They just notice that their dog looks like the dog on the Caesar dog food commercial. That's what they all want. I know. That's the goal. Yep. Certification opportunities are becoming more accessible with the advent of the online seminar, and the subject matter is expanding too. Grooming dogs that have a difficult time with the process is one of my favorite things, and now there will be some letters behind my name that will indicate that as a specialty. And my favorite behaviorist teacher is doing it to boot. Welcome, Chrissy Newmeyer-Smith. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. So I'm going to correct something, though. Okay. Because I am not a behaviorist. Oh, you're a certified behavior consultant. Yep. Um, but that's common in the grooming industry. We hear behaviorist and we think dog trainer, but a behaviorist is a veterinary specialty in the United States. Good to know. In the UK, it, it tends to refer to as a trainer who um, works behavior cases. So that's why we kind of have like different definitions and such. Well, it's good for everybody to know. I think that, you know, groomers try to send somebody to a behaviorist not realizing that there are only about 60 behaviorists in the United States. The chances of your customer going to a behaviorist are pretty slim. They're going to go through their own veterinarian who then consults with a behaviorist. Okay, so you are officially a certified canine behavior consultant? Certified behavior consultant for canines. Which is sort of the dog training equivalent to master groomer. And a certified dog trainer. Mm Mm-hmm. And a certified professional pet groomer. Yeah. That's a lot. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And fear-free certified for training and for grooming. And there are lots. I'm collecting all the badges. (laughs) What good little Girl Scout. (laughs) But this really totally is right up my alley. And I know you know I want more education and behavior because it helps me every single day in my grooming. So tell me about this thing we're doing here. So I'm doing this course through Whole Pet Grooming Academy in New Hampshire, which I actually teach at. I'm a grooming instructor two days a week there. So I actually do like the hands-on taking somebody from I love to groom dogs or I love to dogs and I want to learn how to be an entry-level groomer. But I'm doing the online course. This is my online course that I'm doing through that school. And um, it's the Master Groomer Behavior Specialist. And there are four courses. They're sequential. But each course is about eight hours long, takes about eight weeks. It's not self-paced. This is definitely um, online. But there's information and materials for you to review online before we have our class time together, you know, and trying to be really realistic about what groomers have for time so that it shouldn't take you a huge amount of time to go over all that stuff. But that's your prep work for online discussion time and learning together. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. I was very brave today and put it out on Facebook in a couple of big groups that kind of scary, but (laughs) (laughs) and I saw it this morning and well, I got very excited because it's just so much fun for me to take a dog that has a difficult time with the process and make it better for them. And Barbara, you don't get to do a lot of this. You do some of it though, because we've talked about it on the show. You know, I do a lot of it. Actually, I do a lot of work. I think we all do. And, you know, know, because I identify as a holistic groomer, 
I have always considered the pet's experience is actually primary in the process of grooming. And I'm always talking to the owners about that I honor that. And that's one of the appealing things. It's one of the reasons why I have such loyal customers, because they know their dog is not just a cute thing to me. There's so many different types of pet grooming services, really different types. There are the efficient industrial type. (laughs) The technicians and the artists. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, but there, but well, okay. One customer that I have that's become very loyal went to another grooming shop locally and it's a larger operation. They said they walked in there and it just seemed like a factory. You know, it seems like a factory, sort of like when you see the workers huddled over their desks and either sewing something or making something or on their computer. It seems like that, you know, and uh, they and when they come to me, it's all about the dogs. I mean, it's like there's a whole different vibe. So that's good. We can make ourselves be different. Either model is all right, you know, because I know the people that are working on an assembly line kind of system, they're caring for the pets too. You can't be in this business without that. But there's a way to kind of feature your business as being a lower cost, high volume business or a higher service, more individualized, higher priced. And your system, your teaching Chrissy, is not just applicable to the difficult dogs or dogs having a difficult time. It actually helps your every single day dogs, too, in the way they like the grooming, doesn't it? It it does. It does. Because we want to make sure that um, all of our dogs are feeling comfortable with it and not just tolerating it or not giving us a hard time. Like, there's a difference between those things. And the dogs that are just not fighting back but aren't yet comfortable can turn into dogs that are difficult later when suddenly they're a little bit older and they have a sore hip, you know, and they're like, you know, I've never liked this stuff, but now I definitely don't like it. And that's when difficulties can arise. So even with our dogs that we think are perfectly lovely, we should be working on like, I want you to be comfortable with it, you know, and I keep Uh, pounding it into people's head on my show, calm, comfortable and cooperative. I had an incident this week. It just flashed before my weary brain. But I had a 16-year-old, yeah, here it is, (laughs) 16-year-old Bichon that gets done irregularly and uh, doesn't like it anymore, starts trembling, actually, when he's brought in. Um, He had a panic attack. Now... This is to be distinguished from a dryer seizure because the dryer that was on him was a diffused air arm dryer that was behind him quite a way. She was barely doing it. Well, I think people use the term dryer seizure, but dryer seizure to me is a panic attack. Like there's nothing about a dryer that causes seizures, but they're either having a seizure or they're having a panic attack. Yeah, well, but you know, like you can tell from the screaming, you know, the dog screams in a way that it's different from any other kind of conscious uh, protestation. You know, it's not howling. It's not, you know, it's just like screaming. So all of a sudden I heard Maurice screaming and I ran I actually abandoned the dog on my table and ran to help Yvonne with Maurice and I was able to settle him down fairly fast I mean he was freaking out all over her in restraints you know I had to reevaluate my whole how we groomed the dog (laughs) because right there that that was just a a stop sign you know huge huge red light stop sign stop what are we doing? Don't do that. Put him up for a while and we'll get a fresh take on it. And I'll 
work with him in another way, you know, and we did that. It well, and sometimes there are a lot going on there, you know. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I, maybe he got a little bit scared and then pulled against a restraint in a way that never hurt him before, yeah, but no, now in this no. 16-year-old body, you know, and, and yeah. panicked. And then once it, they panic, panic is all about just, I need to survive this. They're often well, unconsolable. Yeah. Uh, it was a rough moment. It was a rough moment, and I, uh, and actually, Vaughn said that she was trying to brush in the back of his neck and had run into some tangles or something, and so it wasn't it wasn't really the dryer; it was the drying, brushing kind of thing. And I found another way to when I re readdressed it, I put him on the table and I started drying him with very kind of low pressure, high velocity dryer, and just kind of starting at the back and just making sure he was okay. And we got through it. And then I scissored his head, kind of damp dry and put him back up. And he he was good. And we just have to know to minimize that table stuff for this dog now uh, in his last few years of grooming. Well, and also um, when when you calmed him down, that uh-huh. adrenaline rush that was going through his body when he panicked was still there. I think sometimes we think the event is over, but that's still, that adrenaline rush can last for hours to days. So that dog, the next thing that scares him is going to be a super dramatic response. There's a lot going on. <laughs> we love our sponsors, like show season. Let me tell you about my favorite show season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's essential oil blends and mellow pet shampoo, blueberry products, delicious colognes, hemp products, a feline line, spa and natural options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Tell us some more about your course, how you approach it. Well, yeah, it looks like you've got it broken down into like college classes. I like that. It is. Tell us about the 100 level class. The school is actually a state accredited school in New Hampshire. So, yep, we're running things like college courses. Absolutely. The 100 level course is um, the first of four. And this one's more about um, prevention. You know, this is like the basic stuff that I would love for every groomer to know. And I think if you've listened to like my 145 episodes, you probably know most of it. (laughs) You know, but we talk about the humane angle, you know, like with the humane standards for groomers, for vets, for trainers, because those three things combined, I think, give us a better sense of when we're being bullied to do things that aren't really our job. Because that happens to groomers a lot. Um, But talking about like some of the basic handling skills, understanding dogs a little bit more. And also what's really important for groomers, talking to the owners about it. Having a lot of, of conversation points for owners to be able to say, I understand what you would like today. However, your dog is not really well prepared for our services. So let's talk about what we can do to help him be better prepared. And that today might not be a beautiful trim because your dog can't handle that yet. You know, I mean, it, there are lots of ways that we can talk that through and also ways that we can find out from owners how their dog really is without asking, like, is he good? Because that's a yes, no. Like, and usually <laughs> like, they're like, yes, no, or well. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara had one recently where they came in and said the dog was really nice. Oh, and do you have a muzzle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was he really loves people. And do you have a muzzle? <laughs> And the bottom line on that one is that we did real well with the dog. He didn't need a muzzle, you know, because uh, <laughs> we didn't go there with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I know, think that a lot of groomers are. Yeah, you don't. You got to know where 
each individual's Dodge limit is, where the go there point is. And not go that far. Yeah. And not go that far. If you're doing it right, it's about as interesting as watching paint dry. You never (laughs) reach a point that the dog can't handle. So if you're doing it right, it's not about bringing them to the point where we have trouble getting the job done. It's getting them to the point where they're like, I think I can still handle this and backing away, you know, um, which can be really hard to, to define and it can be really hard to sell to owners, you know. Um, however, if you do that a couple times, each time the dog is far more comfortable with more stuff because they never hit the point where they're like, I had to tell that groomer off or she was going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so then you got part 200, which is basic handling skills. Yeah, and that's getting more into um, like how we actually start doing a, like a little bit of training, you know, and like, okay, how do we get this done? You know, like, all right, let's let's run through some scenarios. But part of why it's not self-paced, my course isn't self-paced, other courses are, is because I think behavior is so unique and individual that it's not something you can memorize. Behavior is something we need to discuss and learn the flow chart in our head on how to think about what we're seeing and how we're responding. applause that's awesome (laughs) but there's a lot of like let's discuss and like okay so you this is what happens how do you respond um and giving people a chance on our online classroom part to say okay like here's your decision point what's the next thing you might do so that we can learn how to adapt to these individual dogs and these individual owners in our individual workplaces with our own managers and bosses or employees, you know, and, and to really be able to adapt these behavior concepts. And then the 300 level adding training to your grooming experience, even more than we always do every time, because we're really are training those dogs on our table every single time we have our hands on them. Every time we're working with a dog, they're learning from us. So if sometimes people are thinking, well, I don't really want to get involved with training. And I'm like, unfortunately, the dog is always learning from you. So we are. (laughs) We are. Um, And having a more of an awareness of that, you might say, okay, this is now something I choose to pass on to somebody else, which is fine. We don't need to be everything for everyone. If behavior is not your thing and esthetician stuff is awesome, you know, like um, we don't need to be everything for everyone. But to know that you are actually training in that moment. That's important stuff. Always. And then the last, the 400 level, dun, dun, wait, the 400 level. <laughs> Advanced training techniques. So what's this going to be? So that's when we start really getting into more things like, um, like a longer term counter conditioning, desensitization, really getting away from the grooming table and really working with owners like, okay, this might not get fixed during grooming. Let's go ahead and set up things you can do at home. I mean, some of that goes through all of these, but that's taking it to the next level, you know, beyond what I think most groomers would want to do. Because this is definitely for the behavior specialists, for the people who dig behavior. Um, you know, <laughs> we're pointing at Susie. <laughs> I am so into it. And some people aren't. Well, so when we get into that advanced part, that was that's where we're really going to be like, okay, now I really need to know how I'm going to write this up, how I'm going to help this dog through, and it's not about the grooming. The grooming is part of the goal setting, but to take it beyond the table. Because I think sometimes we forget that these dogs have problems outside of grooming. You know, some of the dogs that we groom have trouble looking at a dog across the street, and they're on a grooming table looking at a dog four feet away. And we forget that. There's all sorts of stuff happening in a dog's life. I would love to be able to help them with that. Just because I know what the dog is saying, which I do somehow. I don't know. I was born with it. I'm really lucky. I know what the dog likes, what it doesn't like, what his body language is saying, where it hurts. But the owner doesn't have that same ability. And I forget other people, even my husband. It just doesn't come natural to them. And to be able to bridge that gap and make the communication happen between the dog and their human, that would be neat. I'd like that. Yeah, so I'm it's all super in. Fun. I'm coming. I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. So if I go through the whole 400 level classes, then I get the letters behind my name. You do. Which is super cool, huh? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. From an accredited school. Yeah. And um, I believe it's um they're all all four of those classes are um pgc continuing ed so for anybody who's got their pgc 
the professional groomer certification that came out first testing, I believe was this summer. Um, it's, it's continuing ed for that too. Cool. All right. I think that's all of, oh, oh no, you need to tell us where to go to find out everything. Oh, wholepetnh.com. Okay. And thank you guys for letting me talk about it. I'm oh, super excited. The first class has gone through with its first couple of students. And so we're having fun. We're having our last lesson tonight for the first class, the first run of the first class. Excellent. I'll be in the first part of the second class. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I've always been second class anyway, so I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's hands are shaped differently. Mine certainly are. It can be hard to find the perfect shear, but there is a solution. Evolution shears are fully customizable with fixed ring, single, or double swivels. I like the double swivels best. They are all designed to prevent the repetitive stress injuries that occur as we groom. Evolution uses high quality materials and the shears come in curves, straights, thinners, and chunkers. There's a small learning curve, but the staff at Evolution will guide you through. You can put your hands on a pair of Evolution shears at most grooming shows, but if you're not going to a show, go online to evolutionshears.com or call them at 877-560-3057 and buy yourself a pair. Be sure to ask for Chris. She's the cat's pajamas. Ron and Abby are super cool too. But wait, mention the GroomPod when you place your order or put GroomPod in the coupon code on the Evolution website and you'll receive $10 off each pair of shears. How cool is that? Next week, you know, since I've kind of chosen to go the canine esthetician route and you're choosing to go the canine behavior consultation route, um, I'll share next week my experience um, going through Chris Sertzel's course and um, my observations about a couple of other corridors to obtain certification as a canine esthetician so uh, and what an esthetician is stay tuned next week stay tuned you guys and we'll also hopefully get to the clean poodle clean face and clean feet thing because that poodle's coming up maybe next year yes (laughs) (laughs) the most put off segment in the history (laughs) (laughs) do you think there's a reason could be All right, guys, thanks for being here this week on the Groom Pod. Thank you, Chrissy, for sharing your information. You can be sure I'm going to be in that class. And Barbara, as always, let's do this again next week. All right? I can't wait. The high (laughs) point of my week, Susie, you are. All right. Happy grooming, everybody. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it. The end is in sight. Have a good one. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Take care, you guys. I'm wearing her clothes, her silk pantyhose, walking round in women's underwear. In the store, there's a teddy with little straps like spaghetti. It holds me so tight, like handcuffs at night, walking round in women's underwear. In the office, there's a guy named Melvin. He pretends that I am Murphy Brown He'll say, are you ready? We'll say, whoa, man Let's wait until the wife is out of town Later on, if you wanna We can dress like Madonna Put on some ice shade and join the parade Wearing her clothes, silk panty ho.
another Santa Claus, there's another Santa Claus, there's another Santa Claus there. Everywhere you look, you can't escape, there's Santas everywhere. Bells are ringing, children screaming, something doesn't seem right. His beard is gray and that's a nice toupee, but his eyebrows ought to be white. Sit with comfort and joy. 